Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 249 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. It's been a cold week, a very cold week in some spots. We got off lightly here in Norfolk though, but the snow still settled on the ground if only for an hour or two. The forecast is slightly warmer and then back to colder conditions. Time then to hold fast, wait for another couple of weeks and prepare for the new season to begin. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm tucked away in my office at home and looking out on an ever-changing weather pattern. More and more the weather becomes an important part of our beekeeping routine, particularly at this time of the year. We've all been enduring a long winter layoff. The bees are beginning to get a little more active and I imagine, just like me, you're all itching to get back into your hives and see how well your colonies have fared through these last few weeks and months. Confession time. I've just had a full English breakfast, or at least a vegetarian version. Now, I know some of you meat eaters out there will be sniggering and telling me under your breath, it's not a full English unless you've got a proper sausage and rashers of bacon on your plate. But my version was perfectly acceptable and thoroughly enjoyable. The reason I mention it is I happen to be listening to the weather forecast at the same time, and our weather roller coaster is set to continue with some major temperature swings today through tomorrow and hitting the dizzying heights certainly today of maybe 14 degrees celsius possibly the same tomorrow before crashing back down into single figures into the new week yesterday that's saturday i was on marley watch dog sitting for steph and we went out for a morning walk around 8 a.m with a very frosty feel to the start of the day hard frost on the ground and a very reluctant puppy not enjoying the cold weather as I dragged him out into what was a little bit of light snow and then it finally dried up and once we got warmed up he was fine but it was bitterly cold to start with. Fast forward a few hours and the sun was shining and although it was still a bit cool the heat in the sun had thawed everything out. The field was a sticky muddy mess and I was stripped back to just a shirt and jumper rather than the additional heavy winter coat, hat and gloves. I was fortunate to see a couple of beehives out on my walk, and the bees, despite it being generally quite cool, were out flying and bringing back pollen. It's amazing what a little warmth on the side of a beehive can do to the internal climate and the activities of the bees within. Just thinking back to the weather, I can guarantee somewhere in the UK, in a sheltered corner of a garden apiary, there'll be a beekeeper or two, sometime around midday or early afternoon, looking at the thermometer hit 15 degrees, the smoker will be lit and an inspection will take place. All of that happening while the rest of us sit tight and wait it out. Honestly, if it were me, with bees at the bottom of the garden, a quiet corner for my bees to get some warm sunshine, I'd be grabbing my bee suit, hive tools and smoker too. 
dashing into the apiary and having a quick look. I wouldn't be able to help myself. It's just one of those things. So I'm not being critical here, just suggesting caution, as I have in several recent podcasts. If you're going into your hive, make it quick. Know what you're trying to achieve and get out quickly. Honestly, I don't think we'll be opening up any hives until the last week of March at the earliest, or even the early part of April. Such is the northerly weather system that's apparently going to be with us for at least a fortnight. There will be lots happening inside the hive, of course. The lengthening days and the hint of warmer weather will encourage our colonies to start the process of spring growth. Brood nest areas will begin to expand as more workers start to emerge from late winter patches of much smaller brood. These workers will help colony strength increase, assisting with the thermoregulation within the brood area and thus allowing an ever increasing amount of brood to develop and add to the colony size. For those of you out there like me with some very small colonies, well, we'll just have to be even more patient than those with those monster colonies that I keep hearing about. These small colonies will be very slow to increase. Fewer bees mean any attempt to increase the brood area and at the same time maintain the critical amount of warmth needed to keep that young brood alive takes so much more effort and as a result egg laying just doesn't increase as it does for those larger colonies. The queen is restricted in what she can do and colony growth is painfully slow. You can help out here, but it needs to be done in a thoughtful and cautious manner. One of the tricks we can use, and you more experienced beekeepers will know what's coming, one thing we can do is add some extra brood from another colony, boosting the amount of brood in the small colony and reducing the time that that brood takes to emerge several things to say here as a cautionary note. Remember, the target colony is very small. Simply adding three frames of brood in all stages just isn't going to work, and if you stop to think about what's happening inside the target colony, it becomes obvious. We all know that brood requires a minimum base temperature to survive. If you don't have enough bees to cover and protect that brood, it will simply die. Here we find chilled brood as the result, and those frames will eventually just have to be taken out of the hive, cleaned out and kept to start over next time when new frames and foundation are required. So let's not get too keen and throw good frames of brood into a colony where they're simply going to die. Take your time well into spring as the starting point for this kind of operation. There's absolutely no point doing it today. The bees won't cope and the brood will die. If the target colony is very small but surviving, make sure they have enough food close by and keep them closed up and protected. If they get through to mid to late April or even early May, then that's the time to start building them up. Something you may not know is as very young larvae begin to grow and pupate, they require less heat to survive. It stands to reason then that if you give a small colony a frame of eggs, that colony is really going to struggle to keep them alive than if you give them half a frame of sealed brood that's on the point of emerging. So you just have to be sensible about the brood frames that you're giving them. Just to say, if April suddenly becomes very warm and the long-range forecast being settled and overnight temperatures staying relatively high, you could start the process of assistance slightly earlier. But if in doubt, 
wait. Remember, this is beekeeping. Timelines change all the time, depending on the seasons and the weather. So back to my example, tiny colony that I'm trying to rebuild for a summer crop of honey. Oh, another thing to add before I go any further. Only add frames of brood from other colonies that you know are healthy. Don't go spreading disease around your apiaries. That said, what we're looking for is a frame of food, ideally containing just a small patch of worker brood. Now, again, just to point out for the less experienced beekeepers out there, it's not much help adding a frame of food and a small patch of drone brood. Those boys are just not designed to help out when it comes to the nursery duties. Make sure you can tell the difference between worker brood and drone brood. And if you have any doubts, check out some of my beekeeping basics videos for examples. If you have a frame with an area of sealed brood, something maybe with a diameter of 20 centimetres or thereabouts, if it's emerging brood, then maybe a little bigger. Either way, that kind of size would be perfect for adding several hundred workers to the population of your small colony. Obviously, and once again, I'm going to suggest you don't get a ruler out to measure a patch of brood exactly 20 centimetres. Take a look at how many bees you've got in your small colony. If you think they can cope with more, give them a slightly larger area of sealed brood. And if you're concerned they may not cope, then give them a slightly smaller area of brood. Common sense rules the day here. Try to imagine the brood in a tight cluster protecting themselves against a hard overnight frost. If in doubt, go smaller rather than overstretching the resources within the target hive. You can always add another frame a few days later. As this brood emerges and the colony has a mini population boom, so you can add an even larger patch of brood until eventually the colony is back up to full strength. Then all you have to do is worry about swarming. I've helped several smaller colonies in just this way over the past seasons, but with larger numbers of bees, a slightly different approach is probably beneficial. We call it our traffic light system. I'm sure there's lots of people out there using the same kind of system and it helps us determine which colonies are strong, those that are of an average strength and those that are weak. The strongest colonies get a green mark on the roof. Average colonies get an orange mark and the weakest get a red mark. Now there's no set defined number of frames here that makes up a strong average or weak colony. The key is the middle-sized colonies, the average within an apiary. Let's say we have 12 colonies in an apiary. Five are really strong with seven frames of brood. Four are averaged out at around five frames of brood. And the remaining three colonies are weak with just two frames of brood in each. Now this reallocation of brood works really well at bringing average-sized colonies up to the strong category and is really useful for increasing a honey crop. You could use frames from the strongest to add to the weakest, but that could be detrimental to your honey production. Better to push average colonies up than bring the strength of the strongest colonies back down. Again, it's important to say bee health is vitally important here. Where frames are being moved around colonies, just don't spread disease. What we do is carry out a full spring disease inspection throughout each apiary and then mark up the hives. On our next visit, we'll look to allocate a frame of sealed brood from the largest colonies into those average colonies. 
The effect is to boost those average colonies with minimal disruption to the largest colonies. Don't be tempted to take more than one frame of sealed brood though, because all you'll do is weaken that very strong colony and cause it to stutter and stall. We have shot some videos showing this before, but we'll update it this spring, so do look out for those videos. Ultimately, a lot depends on what you're trying to achieve, and you may well decide that you don't need to do anything with your colonies, or in fact that you don't want to do anything, and that's just fine. Changing the subject now, I wanted to throw out an advert if you would just indulge me for a minute or two. I'm offering myself up to associations for talks for next autumn and winter if anyone has a spot that they're desperate to fill. That's late autumn 2023, so from maybe around October through to March 2024. I like to write my talks for a specific event, so I don't have a huge back catalogue of lectures or PowerPoints to choose from, so I like to ask for suggested topics from associations and go from there. I have a huge album of pictures, though, and we add to that each season, so hopefully we'll have some really interesting examples of the topic in question that I'm chatting about. I'm actually giving a talk to an association in the USA in a few weeks' time, the last one until autumn comes around again and we're not starting until 11.15pm UK time so I'm not against staying up late to share some of my experiences wherever you might be. If you know your local association secretary is looking for a speaker to fill a spot please do pass on my message and ask them to get in touch using the contact page on my website and I should say I'm happy to travel or chat via Zoom if that's appropriate. Just get in touch and I'll check my diary. Finally today, a brief reminder to keep hefting and checking your colonies as we move into what will hopefully be a plentiful spring period for our bees once more. As we do look like we'll have a prolonged period of colder weather for the next couple of weeks, it's important to ensure that they can access what food stores they have. And remember, just because the hive feels heavy, it doesn't mean the bees are able to move across to those food stores. If you have a growing brood nest area, they will be reluctant or even unable to move away from that vulnerable brood. The simple way to resolve this is with a pack of fondant directly on top of the brew frames or by turning the crown board so the porter bee escape holes are directly above the cluster and then pop the fondant on top of the crown board. Certainly today and tomorrow for all of my colonies there'll be an opportunity for them to get outside on toilet flights, forage for pollen and nectar and generally clean out some of the debris stuck inside the hive. This will also allow them to move across to their food stores and start to move some of it closer to the brood nest before the temperatures once again drop back down and everything in the hive grinds to a halt. If you get a chance, it would be worth taking a quick look at the entrance of your hives to make sure that they're not blocked by debris and that the bees can get in and out easily. This can become a problem if you have mouse guards fitted, but easy enough to resolve, just take a piece of thick wire down to your apiary and make a little hook out of one end of it to scoop out anything that might be getting in the way. I hope you've had a successful winter and your bees have come through unscathed. For those of us that have suffered losses, it's time to clean up and get ready for the start of the new beekeeping season and all the fun that will come our way this year. Do get in touch if I can be of help. 
the usual routes of Patreon direct messages, my website contact page or email will probably get the fastest response, but I'll do all I can to get back to you as quickly as I can. Well, that's me done for this week. I'll catch up with you all again in a week's time. But in the meantime, don't forget to check out my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk and for my latest videos and podcasts with more updates, tips and techniques, it's the same Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet. (laughs) 